Welcome to Literacy Lunch Break. I'm your host, Marjorie Botari. I am excited to continue to explore the topic of decodable text with you. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the criteria that we should be using when we are choosing decodable text for instruction. As we mentioned in previous episodes, not all decodable texts are created equal. And while the most important piece of using and choosing decodable text is the decodability, meaning following a specific phonics feature or pattern, we know that is not the only consideration we should be using when choosing text for students and for instruction. So as I mentioned previously, when we think about the percentage of words that should be decodable, there is no solid research giving us an exact percentage. Some research will say 70% or 80% or 90%, but again, we don't have any solid evidence of a specific percentage. What we do know is the majority of the words should be decodable. And as we think about the phases of reading, for more emergent readers that are first starting to understand the way print works, we should have a larger percent of our words decodable. And as our students gain phonemic awareness and phonics knowledge, we can start to reduce the number of words that are decodable and really reduce that percentage, allowing our students to transfer the learning of phonemic awareness and phonics to new and unknown words. David Scher shares his self-teaching hypothesis that really is quite supported, meaning once students have the understanding of this process of decoding, they can apply it to words they've never seen before. So once again, if we think about the phonemic awareness and phonics skills, if a student can read and spell the word make, they can learn to just substitute a sound, mm, to t, and they are able to read and spell the word take. So as we think about decodability when we're choosing our decodable text, think about the phase of reader you are working with. Once again, if they're still in that beginning stage, that more emergent stage of reader, we want a high percentage of decodability. And as our students start to move through the phonics patterns, really start to become more proficient with phonemic awareness, we do want to begin to reduce the percentage of decodability. So thinking 80 to 90% for our emergent, emergent readers, and we can slowly reduce that number up to about 70% for students that have more phonics knowledge and phonemic awareness skills. And while I said that is definitely the most important thing that we are considering when we're using decodable text, there are some other considerations that are absolutely critical as well. When we think about proficient readers, we know they need to be able to decode words, but also understand language. Those both play a role in being able to read and comprehend what we're reading. So as we choose decodable text, we do want to make sure that the language is natural. The students are reading texts that have natural syntax, that have natural language, which will allow them to understand what they're reading. Now, while this seems like a criteria that's pretty simple, of course, we want it to sound normal or the way that we would speak. It gets a little bit tricky when we're writing decodable text. It is hard sometimes to create natural language if you're trying to follow a very specific pattern, especially if that, that text is very decodable or highly controlled. 
But once again, we do want students to read text so they can understand it. So it is important that the language makes sense. Now, again, as we think about decodable text, there can be some story words or high frequency words that students do not yet have the skills to decode, and we can tell them what those words are to allow for this natural syntax and language to occur. As we think about high frequency words, that is another consideration when we're choosing decodable text. We do want to ensure that our students have the opportunity to see high frequency words that they have been taught. Once again, these are words that should still be mapped through sounds and print, giving students that opportunity for practice and repetition. High frequency words should also be revisited. So it shouldn't only be the high frequency words you just taught that week. It should be high frequency words that have been previously taught and the newer words as well. When we consider the word repetition, we mentioned previously in a, a, an earlier episode the opportunity for practice and repetition for students to map words and become, for those words to become sight words, right? So we know in order for that to happen, we think back to that orthographic mapping piece. A student is able to see print. That print is representing sounds. The student is able to blend those sounds together and read or decode the word. Now, when that happens, students need several repetitions, depending on the learner, but it can be between five to seven, sometimes more. So as we think about decodable text, we do want word repetition, but it is important that we are not providing phrase or sentence repetition. The reason that's so important is because when we use phrase or word repetition, that really encourages our students to guess at words or try to just remember what the words are rather than applying the strategies to the decodable words, right? So if I'm reading a book that says the cat sat on a mat and on the next page it says the cat sat on a rug and on the next page it says the cat sat on the grass. What happens is students just start saying the cat sat on a or the cat sat on the and they're not actually decoding the words. So they're not mapping those words. They're not building those neural pathways that they need in order to become proficient and fluent readers. So again, word repetition or a certain phonics pattern or skill repetition is critical for building those pathways, but we do not want phrase or sentence repetition. In addition to that, we want to make sure that we're providing text that's interesting for learners. Again, this sometimes can be difficult as we think about decodable text, because if we are only following a phonics pattern, sometimes it only gives us a specific number of words to work with. But as our students become older and that decodability is able to decrease a little bit, it allows for more opportunities for building interesting stories, engaging our young learners in wanting to read and understand what happens in a story. So while we know word reading is a foundation that students need to become proficient readers, we do also want to keep them engaged in what they're reading. So this is a consideration. Again, with decodable text being such a hot topic, we have a wider range of texts available to us now. So I encourage you to look through the resources that you have available and really try to find text that is 
is interesting for learners that also um, allows students to see themselves represented. So making sure that we're keeping uh, a large variety of texts that are also very cultural or diverse for our learners where they can see themselves represented. So as we think about it, decodable text again, Sometimes we think about phonics being the only important factor, but as we think about what creates a proficient reader, it is being able to read the words and understand what we are reading. So using this criteria will really allow your students to have access to all of the skills they need to become proficient readers. Our team of literacy specialists have created a decodable criteria checklist, which you can download at hegarty.org. Thank you for joining this episode of Literacy Lunch Break. Please subscribe and stay tuned for new episodes.